Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship at Hillhead Baptist. Uh, thank you for putting up with the lack of chairs and the technical difficulties, but what amazing problems to have to, to run out of chairs. An especially warm welcome to our friends who are joining us this morning to celebrate Katrina's last service with us, and more than that, to celebrate her ministry in Hillhead and to wish her well in her new roles at Northern Baptist College and at Union Street Baptist Church in Crewe. Our service this morning is led by Katrina and will include communion. We hope that those of you in the hotel can stay on after the service to share a light buffet lunch. This will be served at about one um, and we'll direct you to where to go to find some food. Um, there is, uh, if, there is a back table, which we now can't see, but um, <laughs> there is a, a guest book on that table to allow us to write messages to Katrina. Um, don't worry about taking up space in the book as there is a second one and actually a third one if needed. Um, in some lovely family news, uh, Lizzie and Johnny aren't with us this morning because they were married yesterday. Um, and uh, don't worry, we took some pictures for the key. Some of us had uh, the privilege to join them at their evening reception and it was just lovely, although the first time I've heard Rage Against the Machine played at a wedding reception. Um, <laughs> Uh, in other family news, our friend Laura Gilmore has offered to take over compiling and editing the key. Um, her first edition will be in September. Um, as is uh, the way um, I'm setting up email addresses for everything, so the key now has its own email address, um, and I'll send out an email message about that this week. Um, thank you to Laura for volunteering to take over this role. Um, I'm just I'm getting a plug in while there's so many of us here, but a few of us have been starting to think about um, putting a midweek group together, potentially on Zoom, perhaps a Bible study or a book club. If you'd be interested, look out for an email from me about it um, midweek. Next week, we will meet as usual here in the hotel and our worship will be led by Lena. These are all our notices and now it's time for Bonnie to come to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day.
Just to add to the technical confusion this morning, I left my laptop mouse at home and the, the touchpad on my laptop is a bit iffy, so apologies for being late getting the words up. As our gathering prayer this morning, I'm actually going to use one that is adapted from the one I wrote for our very first Sunday together on the 4th of October in 2009. I'm one of those strange people who keeps all their services on the computer. So let's pray together. God of love, we are glad to gather in the name of Christ to worship you today. We praise and thank you for the gift of life, for making us in your own image and likeness, declaring all that you made good and blessing it. We praise and thank you for supplying all our needs material and spiritual, for coming among us in Jesus of Nazareth and for inspiring us with your spirit of wisdom and peace. As the wonder of your generous goodness begins to fill our hearts and minds, how can we fail to be filled with joy and gladness? How can we fail to worship you? God of joy, we pause in the stillness to focus afresh on the wonder of your loving kindness shown to us and to all creation. God of grace, as we become aware of your glory and goodness, the smallness and imperfection of our own lives stand in stark contrast. Despite our best efforts, we fail to be or do all that we've aspired to and we discover that we can be disappointed in ourselves and perhaps in others too. We're sorry for the wrong we've done and the good we have failed to do. Please forgive us and help us to forgive others and ourselves so that we may be free to live for you. God of gentleness, who hears and heals, we thank you that here and now you are with us that you delight in us and that you call us onwards in the journey of faith. Please accept our prayers and accept us as we offer both to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Ey Pederimah, ke dar asmani, naamet o muqaddas baad. ملکوت تو برقرار گردد اراده تو آنچنان که در آسمان ها جاری است در زمین نیز اجرا شود نان روزانه ما را امروز و هر روز به ما عطا فرما از غرض و گناه ما بگذر همانطور که ما از غرض و گناه دیگران میگذریم ما را در شریر میاور بلکه از شریر محفوظ بدار که ملکوت و جلال تو عبد الاباد از آن توست آمین
Philippians 2, verses 1 to 16. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and a one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And, being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse 
generation in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by your holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labour in vain. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Before I start my last sermon, that's a scary thought, it's just good to thank everybody for being here today. People I see regularly online and on site, people I haven't seen for a very long time, people who have encouraged me and encouraged us as a church, not just over the last 14 years that we've walked together, but in many cases for a long, long time before that. So thank you. I'm also told that people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. So no pressure there. (laughs) I think I know from my own experience that that is true, but sometimes I do remember what people say, and sometimes it's the, the throwaway remarks, good or bad, that stick. So I hope that I will be positive and affirming and encouraging today, because that's what I'm trying to do. This time, 14 years ago, I was getting ready to move from the delightfully named village of Hugglescote in northwest Leicestershire to throw in my lot with Hillhead Baptist Church. Now I'm preparing to move away from Hillhead and throw in my lot with some other people. And as I look back, I realise there are actually an awful lot of similarities as well as an awful lot of differences. Some of you will know that it's been quite difficult to find a house for me in Crewe. In fact, it's only just this last week that finally 
a suitable house was found. What many of us have forgotten, and I'd forgotten until I stopped to think about it, and some won't know, is that 14 years ago, we didn't own a manse at Hillhead. And we'd been looking around before I came, and we hadn't found anything. And I was very grateful to be able to move into temporary accommodation when I came here. But it was a full six months before we found the wonderful flat that has been my home for the last 14 years. For me, it's been helpful to be reminded that that sort of uncertainty and tension goes alongside any excitement and joy that we might feel. And that somewhere in all of it, God is with us. Those who've been here a long time will remember that when I first came to Hillhead, I was working on a professional doctorate, actually, as it happened, a postgrad research project exploring the interface between church history and church health. And Reverend Dr. Ruth Goldborn, a long-term friend of Hillhead, and whose father, Derek Murray, was an even longer-term friend of the church here, she was supervising my project. Ruth is a Scot who had had to leave her homeland and move to England in order to fulfil God's call on her life. She trained at Spurgeon's and Bristol Baptist Colleges. I'll forgive her for both of those. But Ruth and I share an interest in Baptist history. She's far better at it than I am, but we both believe that it's really important to know our story, not necessarily the formal history, but our own story. The stories we tell about ourselves inform our lives in the here and now and have the potential to shape our future as we go forwards. If we don't know our stories, if we forget our stories, well, there's one saying that says we're doomed to repeat the past, but there's also a sense of we lose our identity and who we are. Before I move on to reflect on the scriptures we've heard, I'm going to share just a few of the bare facts about the time we've shared together. Now, if you don't like history and you don't like numbers, you have my permission to switch off for the next few minutes. In its 140-year history, Hillhead has had 10 full-time ministers, as, long, as well as a number of associates and a number of students. It actually turns out that I'm the fourth longest served of all of those, and I am the longest since Mr Forbes left in 1960. So nobody since 1960 has been in this church as your minister, your travelling companion, as long as I have. I'm not quite sure whether that's an honour or a, a what, but it's just a fact. Mr. For sorry, Mr Forbes was the longest. It wasn't Mr Forbes that left at that point. I'm sorry, I didn't write down who left at that point. Neil or Brian or somebody will put me right on that. Mr Forbes was the longest. He was here for 27 years. Um, so 14 makes me the fourth longest. I also leafed through our church directory and I wonder how many people you think are in this room that have only ever known me as a minister, as a proportion. It's actually 40% of the people who are part of Hellhead Baptist Church have only known me as the minister, have only known a woman minister in this Baptist church, perhaps in any Baptist church. And a lot of people have never set foot in the Cresswell Street premises, never mind in the sanctuary, which had already been closed by the time I came. So in some ways, we're a very, very different community than we were 14 years ago. 
but actually we're still the same community because we are still Hillhead Baptist with the same core aims and the same desires to serve this part of Glasgow. Every single one of our trustees now was appointed for their first time since I came here, so in the last 14 years. And actually, not one of them was in membership of the church at the time I arrived. A few already were here. They were growing up in the church or had been coming for many a long years, but I can't see him, so I'm not going to embarrass him. But somebody was still in membership of a church in Wales, still is technically, um, as well as in Hillhead. The average age of our church has reduced. The average age of our trustees has reduced significantly. And the demographic has changed. We have actively sought to better reflect our congregation and appointed minority ethnic and married gay trustees. That is really important as part of who Hill Head Baptist Church is. A prophetic sign to the Baptist Union of Scotland and to other Baptists and other Christians. These last 14 years have been full of privilege, including with those, obviously, our blessing children, and in the last few weeks, we blessed Killian. Conducting weddings only yesterday, Lizzie and Johnny. A number of funerals of people we have loved very dearly. And baptising believers from Cuba, from Iran, from Scotland, from England. The whole of life, life in its fullness, joy and sorrow, success and disappointment, frustration and delight, all of this you have allowed me to share and all of this for me has been a blessing. So together, we are part of official Baptist history. Indeed, there are already references to us in books that talk about my appointment and the courage of Hillhead Baptist Church in so doing so. Because Hillhead Baptist Church is a courageous church, a prophetic church, an important church within our story and the wider story. And I feel very honoured and very privileged to be, have been entrusted by you to be your minister and therefore to play my role in the Baptist Union of Scotland. And that has been quite a responsibility, and this isn't the day or the place to talk about some of the challenges that has brought. But it has been a privilege. I also know I haven't got everything right. There have been times when I've disappointed you, there have been times when I've annoyed you, I know that. But I've always done my best, and I think by God's grace, Balance, that's been good enough. And now comes the time when we do reach a parting of the ways. At my induction service, as part of my story of how I came to be here, I shared that I feel God often speaks to me in things that make you go, hmm. Well, over the last year or so, for me, there have been quite a number of such moments, all of them unexpected and all of them unchosen. But that culminated in me taking the decision to, to admit an application for half-time post at Northern Baptist College. I honestly did not expect to get the job. 
I am rubbish at competitive interviews. And I knew there were three other highly appointable candidates. But when the phone call came, I knew deep inside that this was God's call, calling me onwards, and that I had to trust for the rest. So at the point I stood up here and gave notice to the church, I had a half-time job and nothing else. No home, no other source of income. Now I have a second role and I have a house, 10 minutes walk from a railway station, 10 minutes walk from the church to allow me to do that. God is good. I have a lovely house to go to. The one thing I cannot take is my gigantic banqueting table. So that has to stay. That becomes part of Hillhead's ongoing hospitality, if you like. God's good, but you know what? Frankly, God sometimes is frustratingly slow. God is faithful. 14 years ago, Reverend Dr. Ruth Goldborn preached me in with a sermon based on the reading from the letter to the church at Philippi that Wendy has read for us this morning. Ruth knew my backstory. She knew the pain of a church that had run out of money to pay its minister and had to let them go. She knew Hillhead's backstory and she knew the careful and prayerful soul searching over three years before calling a new ministry, a new minister, sorry. And her sermon in her own words boiled down just to this. Be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. Simple message, isn't it? But it's important. It was important for me, it was important for you, it was important for us, because we all needed kindness. Now that didn't mean we'd always agree. It didn't mean everything would be roses round the door and fluffy kittens and puppies. But it did mean we would do our best to be gentle with ourselves and with each other. To say thank you. To say sorry if things went wrong. To forgive if we were hurt. Because being kind isn't easy. It isn't fluffy, it isn't mushy. It's hugely challenging. And it lies at the heart of the scriptures we heard read for us today. Now, those of you on site should have hopefully had on your chair a little goodie bag. Those online, I'm going to quickly screenshot you now. And when I get home, I will post one to you. So you will have one. I apologise I couldn't get them out to you ahead of time. But if you're on site, if you open your little bag, if you haven't already done so, in there, you'll find a little cross. And it'll have something written on it. They've all got different things written on. I just bought a collection of these. The one I've got says, Saved by Grace. At the heart of our faith is the story of Jesus, God in human form, who entered our world constrained by the limits of a human body and yet was the perfect expression of the characteristics of God. In what scholars now think was a hymn or a poem of the time, 
The letter of Philippi speaks about the self-emptying of Christ in the service of others. Now, some people like Greek words, and if anybody happens to be a Facebook friend of mine, I've used it already on there this morning, there's a word kenosis, which means emptying, chosen emptying, the self-emptying of power, of importance. And that's what we're told that Christ did. Gave up, poured out all the power, the power poured out in love, so that God's love could be seen in the life, the work, the death, and the rising of Jesus the Christ. These little crosses are actually magnetic. They're apparently they're bookmarks. That's what they were sold to me as. Um, if you've got good fingers, you can get them to open up. So you could stick it on your fridge or your something that's metal. You could use it in a book. It's just a reminder, maybe, of the kindness of God. God's kindness shown to us in Jesus. A sacrificial kindness that gave us everything. Not because we deserve it. And not because we could earn it but because God loves us. The second thing you should find in there is a tea light or a candle. They're different shapes and sizes and colours because actually I wasn't going to go and buy any more candles just before I moved, so I went through my stash of candles, all the ones I've got left over from the things we've done over the years. Advent candles, the candle we light week by week, peace candles that we light at um, Remembrance Sunday, candles we light, light at Pentecost, different times we light candles. We light a candle each week as a sign of our connectedness on site and online and also around the world and through time. We all know the saying, don't we? It's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. just means... Do some small thing that's positive rather than allow bitterness to eat you up and destroy you. As the Gospel of John says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Now, the Philippians reading doesn't talk about candles and it doesn't talk about lamps, but it talks about stars. I wonder if anybody can remember during lockdown when we made stars. We had a picture of it actually last week on the PowerPoint if you were able to join us then because I preached on that passage during lockdown and said, this is not telling us we should be stars. It's telling us we are already stars. Small and twinkling and bringing light. Probably a beautiful constellation of little stars twinkling all across the world, all across the universe. And I bought you a star. There is a star named Hillhead Baptist Church in the Sagitta sub-constellation. I've no idea where that is, what it means, but hey, you know, there's a certificate tucked away in the manse that says Hillhead Baptist Church is officially a star. And you are. So maybe save this little candle for a day when actually it all feels a bit heavy and a bit dark, or you're fed up. I just light it. And enjoy that light. Enjoy that moment of brightness and encouragement. And remember that every one of you and every part of this church is a star, twinkling in a universe, lighting up a world where exclusion and injustice and cruelty are the darkness that threatens to surround us. One last symbol. 
It's a kind of, I think it's meant to be red. It looks more sort of purpley to me. A little heart wrapped in foil. It's just a little treat for those who, or most people can eat chocolate. I can't eat this because it's got soy in, but hey-ho, never mind. I don't want to go overboard on the symbolism here. We all know what hearts stand for. And we all know what red stands for in Christian circles, that it can be a reminder of the sadness of the crucifixion, the sacrificial love of God, and of the exuberant joy of Pentecost. Perhaps somewhere in that ambiguity of sadness and joy, of life and death and resurrection, of hope and fear, that's where we begin to understand what love really looks like. Love and kindness are very much interrelated. As the letter to the church at Corinth says, and we all know this, I was grateful not to be asked to speak on this yesterday. It was nice to have a change, but it's often used at weddings. Love is patient, love is kind. Love isn't envious or boastful or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It isn't irritable or resentful. Not if it's perfect, anyway. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So it's up to you what you do with this heart. You can, you can eat it now if you want. You can eat it later. You could give it to somebody who you think just needs cheering up. Give it to them as a sign of your love for them. You can keep it for another day. But whatever you do, just remember that God loves you just as you are. 14 years ago, Ruth said her sermon could be summed up as be kind to each other. As we look back over those 14 years, I think we have done our very best to live that out. I haven't always got it right. And maybe there are things I should have done differently, should have done faster. Maybe there are things I shouldn't have done. But I have tried to be kind to say thank you, to say sorry, to forgive, to encourage, to empower, and most of all, to love. And I think you've done your best to be kind too. I'm going to leave the final words to the apostle and the words that Esan read to us from the letter to the church at Ephesus. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Amen.
together in our prayers for others, and especially this morning in our prayers for each other. Keed with you, let us pray. Lord of all kindliness and Lord of all grace, we give thanks that we can come together this morning just as we are, and know that we are forgiven, loved and free. For you have promised to be with us always, an everlasting covenant of forgiveness and love. Lord of all gentleness and Lord of all calm, we pray for each other this morning. Some may have songs of joy in their hearts. Others may have doubts, uncertain of what they believe in, especially at this time of change. Some may come with thankfulness for all that we have shared together. Others may be apprehensive of endings and new beginnings. But you have promised to be with us always. An everlasting covenant of forgiveness and love. Lord of all eagerness and Lord of all joy, we pray this morning for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. From our BMS prayer guide, we are reminded this week of the work of BMS World Mission in Uganda and in strategic locations of Kasese and Gulu, or the work of mission workers Benon Kayanja and Genesis Akai to bring sustainable improvements in people's lives. From the Baptist Union of Scotland prayer calendar, we bring to you Knightswood Baptist Church Lady Well Baptist Church in Livingston, Larbet Baptist Church, and Largo Baptist Church in Lower Largo. And we, this morning, are surrounded by these brothers and sisters and a cloud of loving witnesses who have gone before us in this place, who are with us as we break bread and share your promise that you will be with us always in this everlasting covenant of forgiveness and love in the bread and in your blood. Lord of all hopefulness and Lord of all faith at the time of new beginnings, we pray for our own church community. Especially this week we pray for the children and young people, including the Sunday school. Jean and Walter, Paul, Rico and Ailey, Katrina and Ben, Diane and Nigel, Rachel and Larissa, Talash, Neil and Faye, and Leo. May we all know your presence always near. And this morning we pray for Katrina. We give thanks for her ministry among us, for all that we have shared as we have walked together. May the Lord bless you, Katrina, and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you 
and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and always. For we will continue to walk together in Christ's promise to be with us always, walking with us, walking beside us, in an everlasting covenant of forgiveness, fellowship and love. Amen. Baptist churches are really good at welcoming ministers. When I was preparing to leave my last church, I was painfully aware that there were no liturgical resources for farewelling ministers, no prayerful way of undoing the promises, well, not undoing the promises, releasing each other from the promises we had written. So I wrote something for that church. It was subsequently used by a lot of other ministers in other churches and has since been published. So we are going to use it this morning. It's been adjusted a little bit for our context. So if this is your normal place of worship, and if you are comfortable to do so, you'll be invited to join in with some words that appear on the screen. If it's not your normal place of worship or you really don't want to say the words, then please don't feel obliged to. Although if I say half of it and nobody replies... I'm going to look decidedly silly. On the 3rd of October 2009, before God and in the presence of many witnesses, I declared that I believed in my heart I'd been called by God to serve in pastoral oversight of this church and congregation. I now believe that call has been fulfilled and that God has brought us to a parting of the ways. On the 3rd of October 2009, before God and in the presence of many witnesses, we declared that we believed we have been called by God to be our minister. We too now believe that our call has been fulfilled and that God has brought us to a parting of the ways. At my induction, I promise to carry out this ministry with enthusiasm and dedication, to set God's word before people, to lead in the conduct of worship, to work in partnership with managers, covenanted members and friends, and to carry you all to carry out Christ's mission in the local community and in the world. I have done my best to keep my promises. The ways in which I've succeeded, I give thanks to God, and for the whales I have failed, I apologise and seek forgiveness. For the ways in which you have succeeded in keeping your promises, we give thanks to God. For the ways you have failed, we accept your apologies and forgive you. At your induction, we promise to encourage and support you, working together cheerfully and humbly the work of the kingdom of God. We have done our best to keep our promises. For the ways in which we have succeeded, we give thanks to God. For the ways we have failed, we apologize and seek forgiveness. For the ways in which you've succeeded in keeping your promises, I give thanks to God. And for any ways you have failed, I accept your apologies and forgive you. We have declared before God our belief that this ministry is now complete. 
I ask you therefore to release me from my covenant to you. We release you for God's safekeeping. May you continue to walk in Christ's footsteps and grow in maturity as his faithful disciple. We have declared before God our belief that this ministry is now complete. We ask you therefore to release us from our covenant to you. With gratitude, I release you to God's safekeeping. May you continue to walk in Christ's footsteps and grow in maturity as his faithful disciples. We have declared our belief that this ministry is now complete and have released one another from the covenant that bound us. Before we part, we gather one last time around the Lord's table to share bread for the journey ahead.
When I was growing up, I used to wonder why Anglicans and Catholic priests cleaned their hands. When I studied church history, I found out it was literally cleaning their hands. So post-COVID, we use jelly stuff instead. We're going to share a multi-voiced communion. It's something we've done periodically over the last number of years. I'm very grateful to Holly, who met with me in Costa Cafe. Um, they're not very good in Costa Cafe. Their dishwasher's nearly always broken, so you wind up drinking out of paper cups. But Holly worked with me to create this liturgy that we're going to share this morning. This table does not belong to us. This is God's table. As God's people, we're invited to make space for others to join the feast. To find enough mismatched chairs for everyone. We respond to the invitation of Jesus. Pull up a chair. This table does not belong to us. This is God's table. As God's people, we are invited to live our lives together in community, to bring enough bread for our neighbors as well as ourselves. We respond to the invitation of Jesus in the breaking of bread together. This table does not belong to us. This is God's table. As God's people, we are invited to keep telling the story of Jesus, to find enough encouragement to journey on in hope. We respond to the invitation of Jesus. We listen again. The Apostle recalls, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Apostle concluded this by saying, As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Blessed are you, God our God, creator of all, who brings forth grain from the earth and fruit from the vine. We thank you for this bread and this wine, symbols of faith and signs of hope. We ask that they may give nourishment to our souls and sustain us onward in the journeys of faith. Amen. Among friends, gathered around a borrowed table in a borrowed room, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it and shared it, saying, this represents my body. We will eat the bread as we receive it. And we will be served by some of our youngest friends here at Hillhead, Esther and Rory. If you'd like to come now and take the, the bread round, that would be fantastic. I think you know which side you're doing, don't you, Esther? So if you start there. And we start there.
And as we eat, we remember. We remember, put back together Christ's body. Among friends gathered in a borrowed room, Jesus took a cup of wine, blessed it and shared it, saying, This represents my blood, seal of the new covenant between God and all creation. Whenever you drink wine, remember me. Now this morning we suspect we have a really nice problem in that we may not have enough little cups to go round. So we've got, I think we'll probably start serving from the back, then we'll know how far we can get um, the service, please. And we would retain our glasses that we might drink together as a sign and symbol of our interconnectedness within the body of Christ. If we do run short, I will come and cup, serve the people at the front. If you're not happy to receive from a common cup, that is absolutely fine. So serve us if you'd like to take out the wine, that would be great. Thank you. <coughs> I hope nobody's been super polite and held back. <laughs> when I was a child, I used to be told about the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. So maybe we had the multiplication of the communion glasses. Who knows? <laughs> As friends gathered around a table, let's drink together in thanksgiving, joy and hope. Around this borrowed table, we have listened again to the story. We have shared bread and wine in faith and in hope that God sustains us for our journeys of faith. The meal is ended. As we leave the table, we do so as God's people invited to keep on telling the story and inviting others to take their seats at the heavenly banquet prepared for
blessing adapted from the Northumbria community. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with us, wherever God may lead us. May he guide us through the wilderness, protect us in life's storms. May he bring us home rejoicing at the wonders God has shown us. May he bring us home rejoicing at the end through heaven's doors. Amen. I was about to say this is the part where we descend into chaos, but I, uh, <laughs> I think it had already started. <laughs> um, we wanted to just do this bit while our friends on Zoom were, were still here. Um, as Katrina's ministry in Glasgow draws to a close and she prepares for her next chapter, we look back on all that we have shared together and we give thanks for the many gifts that Katrina has brought to this church. If you would like to wish Katrina well or share a memory of our time together, there are a couple of ways to do that. Um, if you would like to speak, please do. And uh, please make your way up to the lectern or raise a hand if you're joining us on Zoom and we'll make sure that folks can hear you. Um, you can also write messages in one of the guest books that are on the back table. And uh, there's some, some pens there. If uh, you're on Zoom and you've not had a chance to send me anything yet, um, please feel free to email me something over and I'll make sure that it reaches Katrina to be added to the book. Um, I'll start us off um, by, uh, well, I haven't prepared, I'm not very good at speaking off the cuff, but um, I remember the first time that I met Katrina and I think I was about 22 and I, if you know me, I'm a bit much, that's kind of my, <laughs> that's kind of my go-to pitch. And uh, Katrina met with George, my wife and I, uh, when we were students at Glasgow University, when we were trying to find a safe place to have the student Christian movement, a group of slightly unusual Christian students. And uh, we found our home in Hillhead Baptist for, uh, for, for many years after that conversation. And uh, I have found my home in a, in a much broader sense in Hillhead Baptist. And uh, it wouldn't have happened if uh, Katrina hadn't responded quite so well to me, I think, probably telling her that I was gay about five times during that conversation, <laughs> just to make sure that it was definitely fine. Um, I want to start off by giving Katrina a gift um, on behalf of all of us at Hillhead um, and also a probably now much needed hug. Uh, Katrina, we love you and we will miss you. We pray God's blessing as you take up your new roles.
shouldn't one of our managers works for Timorous Beasties, so that shouldn't be a massive surprise. <laughs> so that's the first thing. I'm sure you'd like to see, wouldn't you? Uh, wow. And I'm taking full responsibility for the the bag of tat. <laughs> Your, your main gifts are in here, as well as some assorted assorted goodies. Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> um, and if anyone would like to, to come to, to speak, then um, I'm not going to stand on ceremony. Please just, just come. <laughs> Roger's charging up. Can I, can I just say, I think Holly and George have been amazing. Because at the time I came, I was not allowed to come to your wedding. And you've stuck with us through all that. Still here. Still using the rice cooker you got us as a wedding present. <laughs> Thank you. My name's Roger Sturrock, one of the ministers at Wellington Church, and I've been charged uh, to uh, uh, say a few words on behalf of Wellington and the West End group of churches. Um, we've had a wonderful time working with Katrina uh, for me since 2014, uh, but before. Then David Sinclair, former minister of Wellington Church, is here today. And we've worked with evening services, both in different venues and on Zoom latterly. We've had wonderful collaboration with Pentecostal services on Pentecost uh, together. We've laughed and planned. We've worked in a pub. Um, in the Curler's Rest, uh, and uh, Katrina um, has been very instrumental in guiding us. She's a wonderful person in making sure we're all in the right place and saying the right things and thinking through things properly. And I've learned a lot from Katrina over the time that I've known her. And so on behalf of the West End group of churches, and Wellington particularly, we want to wish you God's blessing as you travel uh, south, but we know we'll see you from time to time. And this little memento will perhaps go up on your wall and remind you of your time uh, in the West End and in the work that we did together. Thank you so much, Katrina, and every blessing. Roger is just very polite. What he actually means is I'm really bossy. <laughs> There are many tasks that a minister does which are public and for all there to see. But, of course, there's so many other things that happen in much smaller groups of people um, and perhaps quite invisible to uh, most. And probably for us, me and George, one of the, the greatest memories uh, with you, Katrina, was when we were fresh to Scotland, nine years ago now or so, and freshly engaged as well, and wanting to get married. And we asked Katrina to help us prepare for marriage. So we met for something like six or seven occasions to discuss different aspects of this interesting journey that marriage represents. And that was so creative and memorable, and wasn't I, it? I don't really remember anything about the <laughs> marriage, but... Katrina certainly increased my appreciation for the theological marriage instruction elements in 1990s pop songs like Meatloaf's. Anything I do, I would, I would, where, 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 no, not that. Uh, 
they, what's it? Uh, I will not do I, I that. Would do, I would do anything for love, but <laughs> I won't go, do that. Go. That's right. Because I, I always confuse it with something else. But um, that's, so, certainly. Yeah, but it's true. So even yeah. to this day, right, when some songs pop up, we think of those conversations yes. that we had. <laughs> Katrina, that, for that creativity and for walking with us and with so many other people, um, we thank you so much. And we know that as you continue your journey with other people, that creativity again will be a gift to others as it's been to us, hasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Great hug. <laughs> well, I will never hear some time at least without thinking of you. That's, That's right. <laughs>
Normally, my messages are written in icing on a cake. (laughs) And today, the only message I've written on the cake is thank you, Katrina, because there's so many things that we all benefited from with Katrina being here. It was lovely to see the children distributing communion the very first time I visited Hillhead and... uh, Actually, John Edwards led that service, and he's here today, and that's wonderful. And part of that was it was a Palm Sunday service, and the children were taking part, and uh, they shared communion. And I remember being so impressed, and to see it happening again today was wonderful. Um, and some of these children that took part in that communion. I think Beth was maybe one of them. And to see her here in a a more, uh, I'm sure that's part of the blessing of Hillhead is how it encompasses and embraces all these different people. So thank you, Katrina, for being part of that. And uh, thank you for getting us on Zoom and helping us to cope with that. That's been, I think we should have a an HNC for it or something because it's been such a benefit in so many ways Um, and there's so many other things that we're grateful for so thank you Katrina and I've certainly been grateful for Nancy's wisdom but one of the things Nancy brings that I don't think anybody else in the room at the moment um, brings within the Hillhead community is she knows what the man's life is like from the inside And having somebody with that wisdom and experience has just been an amazing gift. So thank you, Nancy. Um, Have I just preempted as Laura on her way up to share? Yeah, in that case, I'll stand back. Um, um, I was about to say that there is going to be tea and coffee just now, and um, then there'll be some food hopefully from about one o'clock. Obviously, mill around, speak to folks, catch up with Katrina. Um, but yeah, come and come and speak if you want to. Um, speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> I didn't get to say that yesterday. <laughs> this is cold. You don't get. You don't, you don't say it anywhere anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Holly. Um, my name's Laura Gilmore. I'm a member here at, at Hillhead Baptist. I remember when I first met Katrina, and it was in lockdown. So she was very busy in lockdown, by the sounds of it. All above board within the rules. Um, <laughs> And during that time, I was starting to sense a call to ministry, some kind of ministry myself. And I remember contacting Katrina, and it was over Twitter. We'd never met, but I sent her a Twitter message. And we met in in Kelvin Grove Park, and I said, I'm sensing this call. I'm a woman. I'm LGBTQ affirming. What do I do with this? And I remember her words were, you come to Hillhead. (laughs) It took me quite a number of years after to to arrive at Hillhead. Um, But I just want to specifically thank Katrina for two things. For one, for your quiet, consistent presence on social media. It's uh, not a lot of people, not everyone likes it, but for me, you... Just being that presence meant that you felt approachable at a time when I really needed to speak to someone who was doing the job. But secondly, and probably more importantly, I just want you to thank you for paving the way for us, for being part of that history of 
paving the way for women ministers in Scotland, it is not to be underestimated and as to how hard that must have been. And we will feel your loss greatly. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Laura. Um, yeah, as we all know, I was the first woman in sole pastoral charge in Scotland. Um, as of today, there are still four. As of tomorrow, there are three. So it's actually a 400% increase in 14 years. Still a long way to go. Um, but yeah, it's been a privilege. And it's down to Hillhead Baptist Church. Let's not forget that. This was the church that campaigned for women to be accredited as Baptist ministers in Scotland. So thank you. moving very slowly because I don't want to cut anyone else off. <laughs> um, thank you all so much for, for taking time to share and please do stay and uh, enjoy tea and coffee with us and then sit some food a little bit later on. Um, we think um, there's been a, a few room changes this morning that were unexpected. Um, we think that the food will be served in the botanic suite, which is the one that sort of on the foyer that you'll have passed on your way in um, at about one o'clock and there should already be tea and coffee um, there for us but uh, if not um, we'll go and find some don't worry <laughs> um, so yeah feel feel free to stay guest book at the back um, and uh, thank you all thank you holly bye bye to the zoomers You're not allowed to move yet. <laughs> Graham, stop. <laughs> You're being photographed. <laughs>